Welcome to the Attractions Group Podcast. I'm Don Helbig alongside Ryan Sir. This is episode number 52. Ryan, how are you? I'm great. Episode 52. We did one a week for a little over a year. <laughs> we have. It's, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun, you know, a fun ride doing these podcasts with you. We've had a lot of great guests on, uh, covered a lot of great topics. Uh, it's hard to believe that uh you know a year into this we're already now in the you know toward the tail end of july so we're getting toward the end of the um you know the course season for theme parks around the country mm -hmm. so uh, time's just flying by both for the podcast that you and i are doing and also in reality uh just uh you know when you look at uh, where theme parks are at this point in time in the year that's true but you know let's not concentrate on the past and the fact that we're halfway through july already Let's talk about the future because Don, we have a very special announcement today and I'm so excited that I wouldn't let you put this at the bottom of the program. Do you want to tell them what we're doing? Yes. Uh, Ryan and I, we've started a, a, another podcast that's kind of an off branch of this one. It's called Tower Topics. And if you're a fan of Kings Island in Mason, Ohio, you're certainly going to want to subscribe to this channel. Um, it is not affiliated with Kings Island. It is something that Ryan and I are doing on our own. And, uh, you know, we were at a Reds game, uh, Ryan and I, back in end of April, beginning of May, and it was the sixth inning, and the Reds are, you know, getting beat, and we just start talking about different things. We're talking about the Attractions Group podcast, and, you know, we just kind of conceived the idea that, uh, you know, what about if we just did something just specific to Kings Island? Because uh, we both have a lot of people that know us and associate us with that yeah. Hard. Yep. It was, and mm -hmm. you know, here we are, ready to launch it, and uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, Ryan, where can people find? Yeah. So if you just search topics. for, uh, if you just search for Tower Topics in all of your favorite podcast apps, as well as on YouTube, uh, that's where you can find us. So you'll see a little Eiffel Tower. Uh, with a blue background and tower topics in red. So that's why you, that you'll know it's us. Now, to clarify, this is going to be kind of cool. It's not going to be an hour-long weekly thing. We're going to do small, bite-sized episodes, about 15 minutes long, about very particular subject matters. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, an episode on the Eiffel Tower, an episode on the Beast, an episode on Winterfest, maybe like aspects of Winterfest deep into that. So super excited about that. By the time you're listening to this podcast, it'll be available. So make sure you look for Tower Topics on YouTube and your favorite podcast apps. Oh yeah. Follow tower underscore topics on Twitter for you. Just, just do it. Just follow us. Yeah. And just as a reminder, what tower topics will not be, it, it's not going to be your source uh, for trying to get breaking news or we're not going to be, you know, trying to dig up blueprints and, you know, spoiler alerts and those kind of things. You know, we're going to talk about things that are known, you know, uh, events that are on the calendar uh, rides, you know, different things about that, the history of the rides, the story behind the attractions, um, you know, just a lot of different things about Kings Island. Uh, but we're not going to be your channel if you're looking for, you know, the speculations and the rumors and, and all of those kind of things. There's a lot of other people doing that. That won't be us. Yeah, but, I mean, it's going to be um, a behind-the-scenes thing in a way because we're going to talk about the history of this stuff and maybe stories that nobody knows and things of that sort. So it's going to be super interesting. If you love Kings Island, then search for us, Tower Topics. Awesome. So looking forward to seeing everybody over there. All right, Ryan. Yes. I understand uh, this past weekend you happened to make a trip to Central Florida and you, you went to Walt Disney World, spent a little time at Magic Kingdom. How was your visit there? Uh, it was hot. <laughs> it was really, really hot. Uh, we had a fantastic time. But you know what? There are people out there that are big fans of Disney. I'm a big fan of the Disney parks. Uh, but there are people also out there that will watch Ever After on a live stream every single night. So with that being said, it's a perfect segue into our guest tonight, my friend Josh from FYE Coasters. Huge Disney World fan. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I guess I'm a very big Disney fan. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, um, you actually went recently, too. So we can talk. You went about the week before I did. Yes, we went the weekend after Father's Day. So like around the last weekend, of, we, the last week of June, I was down there from Friday to Thursday morning. Now, Josh, your interest in the Disney parks, the that's something that, uh, you know, you grew up with or did it happen, you know, because, you know, you had a young child, they were interested in Disney. So now you had to take them and then you just kind of fell in love with the park. Uh, talk about how you became interested. 
how I became interested in Disney. Um, you can thank my wife for that. <laughs> During 2021, um, that was actually my first time there. Uh, we went Father's Day weekend of 2021, and uh, we did all four parks. And, you know, I grew up going to Kings Island and, uh, you know, a few trips to Cedar Point here and there as a child. But, like, just the difference from Kings Island to the Disney parks, like, you can't compare them. Um, the, the theming, the way they take you and they put you in a story um just even while you're waiting in line for a ride or certain um different restaurants of the park um it, it's just unlike um anything i've ever seen before and um we decided to go back this year um we were gonna go last year but we're like okay maybe an every other year thing um we went back this year we actually uh got a camper down and um uh, we stay at Disney's Fort Wilderness, and um, the camping experience is different um, from staying at one of the resorts. I mean, it's still a resort, but you know you're more immersive, you know, and um, it's just a different side of Disney. And um, yeah, it, it, it was a good time. It was very hot, as Ryan said. <laughs> and yeah. um, that's one of the things think, I love about it is how hot it is. I mean, I'm a big fan of the heat. Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely take the heat over cold any day. But um, I think our last day, we were at Magic Kingdom, and with the heat index, it reached like 123 degrees. Like that was just insane. And um, but yeah, it, it was a good time. Um, I do have uh, two younger children. My daughters turned 11 yesterday, and my son will be three in October. Um, they had a great time. Um, they enjoyed it, and yeah, no complaints on the Disney side. Yeah. Um, well, this is a question for both Ryan and Josh. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Magic Kingdom, one of the experiences that you encounter going to Magic Kingdom is getting there. So you got the ferry boat, you have the monorail. If you stay on a Disney property, you might be able to walk to it. So let's hear from both of your perspectives. You know, what's your prefer uh, preferred mode of transportation to get to the Magic Kingdom? Josh, let's start with you, Josh. Josh take honors. Okay, well, I have actually um, done the bus shuttle, and this time at the campground, we had to take the ferry there. Um, for quickness and efficiency, obviously, I, I feel like the bus is the way to go, but something like driving our golf cart down to, I believe it's called Bay Lake, um, is the name of it, um, and just parking and walking on the dock and seeing all the Disney parks and, well, not all the parks, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, seeing all the different uh, boats and whatnot. Um, the, the ferry ride was fun. Um, we saw, I believe we passed the Contemporary on the way, um, and we could see the Skyliner and the tram and just everything, and riding the ferry was actually one of my favorites. Yeah, I like the Skyliner. Ryan, what about you? Um, I hate the Skyliner. I got stuck on it. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were, uh, okay. So, uh, I, I had been to Disney, you know, several times, took my girlfriend down there. She'd never been there before. So she, for some reason wanted to park hop cause we could do that. We planned four parks in four days. We had the ability to park hop. Uh, but then the problem is that the only two parks that are easier, easy to park hop between is Magic Kingdom and Epcot. So we were at Epcot. It was our third day, and she, and we're, we're we and we got done with everything we wanted to do. So I was like, you know, we could park hop over to Magic Kingdom, but we've already been there by taking the monorail. Let's take the Skyliner over to Hollywood Studios. Then you can scan into the park. We can walk around a little bit. You could say you park top. That Skyride. I mean, it's when when it goes, it's wonderful. It goes fast. The breeze comes in. It stops all the time, all the time. And then we, we got, we stopped for probably a good five minutes right over the road. I think it was Buena Vista Boulevard or whatever road it goes over. Um, so that was not the most pleasant experience. Um, I like the idea of it. It's just that probably with, uh, disability access and maybe other things like that, they have to slow it down quite a bit, which kind of interferes with it. But, um, I don't like that. I would say that uh, one of the reasons why we went to Magic Kingdom first is I wanted Aaron to have the experience of taking the ferry boat over and having the big castle reveal and stuff. So if I had to say that from a magical standpoint, the ferry boat is certainly the best. Um, but from a simplicity standpoint, going from ticket and transportation over to Magic Kingdom, it's it's probably the monorail. I wish the monorail went to all four parks, honestly. Yeah, I prefer the ferry boat if I'm, you know, staying, you know, maybe off property. 
and, and you know drive and parking in the parking lot there but in recent years uh, when i visited i've stayed on property and take the bus over so i feel like i've kind of missed a little bit you know between those two different experiences because i like them both um, but the preferred mode for me you know is going to be the ferry boat i think that's just kind of cool and like you you know mentioned ryan you know just the castle you know reveal and then it's really cool at night too uh, if you're in the back of the boat as you're departing magic kingdom and you see the the castle all lit up and everything at night uh that's that's kind of a spectacular view as well that's fantastic what, so let me ask you guys this question. Um, I'm going to start with you again, Josh, but favorite attraction, and Don, you're not allowed to say carousel and you're not allowed to say train. You know the rules. Favorite attraction okay, at Magic Kingdom. Josh, go first. Oh, wow. That's uh, really tough. Just Magic Kingdom? Mm-hmm. Just Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Just Magic Kingdom. Um, I will have to say Tron. I got to experience Tron. Um I know people have had mixed reviews about it. Oh, it's too short. It's it, it it's definitely different. You know, Disney's not like your you know Cedar Point, like the most tallest, fastest. You know, downright Muniz roller coaster, whatever. Um, they're more for like your family with with a little bit of uh, thrill in there. Um, Tron was a short ride. Um, it was the the way they took you into the grid um i i watched tron before we went down there so i could you know kind of be refreshed because it was some time since i watched tron and um i thought the experience the technology the lights um the way when you're standing in the room and like the the glass just disappears and you can see the uh trains being launched i thought that was pretty cool um i actually have two though is is that okay yeah that's okay Okay. Um, I like people mover. Um, people mover is just one of those rides where we can just sit on there and chill. And I didn't know this. You can actually ask to stay on and ride as many times as you want. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, those are some of my favorite there. Yeah. Just relaxing the people mover. Absolutely. Don, what's yours? Hands down haunted mansion. Love that attraction. Uh, especially, you know, I, I, the type that, uh, you know, everybody, you know, get set for the parades. That's the time I like to get in line for that because it's pretty short. Uh, but I've been known to ride Haunted Mansion, you know, up to 10 times on a visit, you know, if I've timed it out right with, with the crowds and where everybody is at a certain time, especially at night when they're all getting ready for the fireworks, you know, I'll go on it a couple of times and to make my way, you know, back out on uh, Main Street USA to see the fireworks show. Um, but yeah, Haunted Mansion, I just think that's a spectacular attraction. Best dark ride that I've ever been on. Um, great storytelling when you go through there. Um, j just so much fun. I just, you know, thoroughly enjoy it. Um, never, never get tired of it. What about you, Ryan? Uh, I'm going to concur with Haunted Mansion. Uh, I think that's fantastic. By the way, Don, uh, there was something, uh, I was talking to a cast member there, and uh, I, I've gotten some information. You mentioned that you thought, since it's going to be shut down from like August 7th to the 9th, I believe, that they might be bringing back the mm -hmm. Hatbox, Hatbox Ghost. Oh, that's the rumor. We didn't say for okay, sure. Okay, so 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 the cast member told me that that's what they're doing. But this this wasn't like a like I wasn't talking to like you know Lee Cockrell or any, you know nobody like that. It was just somebody working at a shop. But uh, so they did announce a D twenty three. It's coming back. But um, he told me that it is coming back during that time. And I'm I'm watching a bunch of Disney YouTubers and they're all saying that the truth is that it's not actually coming back at that time, but that is a time period in which they're going to be doing prep for it. Apparently they're working on the character right now, uh, but they don't know when it's going to be installed. So for those of you who don't know, the Hatbox ghost is, uh, it was a trick ghost that had, would carry a box and then its face would disappear and then its head would appear in the box, which was a really cool effect. But um, and it worked at Disneyland, but at Walt Disney World, the lighting was different, so you could see both faces at the same time. So they just removed the entire ghost, and they're finding a way to bring it back. So, yeah. So, uh, Josh, I know you have, but Don, have you ever seen the fireworks show ever after? I have. It's uh, just, again, a spectacular show. You know, when you, when you look at that and you see the different effects and things that they have, the way uh, they have the lasers and just the, the projections on Main Street USA... I mean, it's just phenomenal. I mean, if you just went there and just saw that, you got your money's worth. Yeah. So, uh, Josh, you watch it regularly. Um, do, do you watch a live feed? I know I see on Snapchat watching it pretty much every night. Tell us about that. 
You're not supposed to tell people about that. Oh, yeah. Um, is this, yeah. Is Snapchat still a thing? Yeah, oh, yeah. It is, yes. Okay. Yes. Me and Ryan have a streak going. All right. Um, or we try to keep our streak. No, but uh, yeah, so the Happily Ever After show. Um, I came across this YouTuber one day. His name is Ron on the go. This guy is live at every Disney park every single day, seven days a week. Um, I And he live streams. Um, he's usually there every Wednesday. And um, we just, prior to ever going to Disney, we just started looking up YouTube videos and just being like, hey, like, what can we expect, you know? Um, especially during, like, you know, COVID, we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into, you know, paying all that money and, you know, were we not going to be able to experience, like, we didn't see the fireworks show, we didn't see, you know, some of the parades and, you know, that's stuff that we missed out on the first time that we got to see this time. Um, but happily ever after, um, the night that we went, uh, we waited an hour because of a rain delay. And then it was just like, no, nothing I've ever experienced. Everyone was standing underneath the covers to quit, um, getting wet from the rain. And then all of a sudden they just blasted into the music. Everyone just runs out on main street and just like, just a feeling and seeing everyone so happy. just like something I've never experienced in life before. Um, but, and then, so we do weekly, uh, watch, uh, happily ever after on YouTube. <laughs> That's a good way to, you know, live vicariously, you know, at the Disney parks is the, the YouTube channels. I, I watch a lot of those videos myself. Yeah. I, I got to see the last show that magic kingdom show I got to see was wishes. Uh, so I never wishes was really good. Wishes was good, but I remember seeing that the day after seeing illuminations and I was like, yeah, it's just like a normal fireworks show, which obviously <laughs> it's got you know, 50 times the budget of your average 4th of July show. But, you know, after seeing Illuminations, which told a story and had special effects and stuff, but this really kind of impressed. I would say the one thing that surprised me the most, because I, I knew about a lot of the firework effects was I liked when, um, one of the characters and like Josh, maybe, you know, better than I do. They do like shoot something towards the ground and like those close prox fireworks shoots off of the little bridge, like right in front of the, the castle. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe uh, we we stood kind of back by uh, where Casey's Corner and like the Emporium was, so we weren't all the way up by the castle. Um, but I, I, you know, there are a few scenes where they do that, where they like splash something onto like the ground of the castle, and then the fireworks shoot off like kind of like a whole scene with it to make it go together, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was my that was my most surprising thing of how well that effect worked, and then they also had. Tinkerbell flying through the air. What was funny was they had that that zip line up there, and you can clearly see it during the day. At night, it's pretty well affected yeah, yeah. by the sky. But it got to be like clearly the end of the show, and I was like, maybe they just left that up from wishes. Like, what the heck? And then finally, like she came out to to end the show, which was a fantastic way to end the show. But very very cool. Yeah. So um, we got to uh, we got to ride Small World. Are, are you guys for or against Small World? Um. It depends how many times you write it. <laughs> I like it. Um, it's something that I try to do every time I visit. Again, I, you know, pick my spots more toward the evening when, you know, the line's not as long. Uh, but that's really a throwback. I mean, you think about, you know, what would have gone into that when that attraction opened. I mean, that was state of the art back then. You know, so um, that's the things I think about, you know, as I'm going through Small World is just uh, you know, how amazing that would have been, you know, when the park opened in, you know, 1971 and uh, how state of the art it would have been at that time. Now, if they were to do it again today, you know, it would be, you know, totally different. You'd have, um, you know, a lot more things going on in there. And uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm amazed by it every time I go through there. And, you know, I enjoy it. It's a nice, relaxing attraction. What about you, Ryan? Um, I like it and I like the song and I can, I, I think that the, uh, I'll get into this later cause we're going to do an episode on each park, but I think the figment song is actually far more like drilled into your head than the small world song, uh, figment from Epcot, of course. But, um, yeah, I like it. It's just, it's very basic, but it's kind of cute and it's, they sing the song in all these different languages and stuff. And I, I enjoy that. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's one of the attractions you think about when you think of magic kingdom. I mean, it's, it's been there, you know, the whole time and. Uh, it's a signature attraction, and, you know, so it, it has that uh, special meaning that way, you know, and it, did you really go to Magic Kingdom if you didn't do Small World? 
uh, completely agree. We also did um, Pirates of the Caribbean, which has been updated, not not recently, but it's been updated from the beginning to include uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, uh, Johnny Depp, which is one of the best animatronics I've ever seen. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Josh, have, have you ridden Pirates in the last you know decade or so? I actually have never rode it. Really? Ah, so, uh, yeah, I know. It's just um, when we went, like, um, we ended up getting Lightning Lane for Magic Kingdom, uh, so we could write stuff, and like the time didn't line up for when we wanted to write other things. So then the time when it was available, it was like interfering with the fireworks, and we really wanted to watch the Happy Ever After. So. We said maybe next time. Yeah, I mean, if 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 your choice is between Happily Ever After and Pirates of the Caribbean, go with Happily Ever After. You're right. But <laughs> but the thing that's cool about um, Pirates of the Caribbean is there's parts of it that are clearly like dated, not dated as in they look bad. They look excellent, but they don't do much. They don't have that like deflective motion and stuff. And then you get to like Jack Sparrow, and you're like, is that a live actor? Because it looks just so darn good. <laughs> well, there's several of them on there that look like they're live actors. I agree. You know, it's, it's that well done with the detail, and um, especially when you kind of go under, there's like the um, it's like the fire going off to the side, you know, with the the house yes. burning and that, and you kind of go through there, and there's the people outside, and um, one of them's like sitting on top of the the um, like you go under, but he's like on top of the wall above you. And you just look at the animatronic and he's got like, they got the, like, even to the detail, the hair on the arms and the leg and everything of this guy. I mean, it looks so real. Yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely love it. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a cool ride. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I just, I try to make note of all the ones that we, we did ride. Uh, another one that we rode, we, and this is a hard one to get is Peter Pan. Um, Peter Pan reminds me a lot of first. E.T. Oh, we, that's what we did. We got the because we didn't get off the plane until two, so we figured we'd be in the park around four, and we timed this perfectly because as soon as I landed, I was able to book Peter Pan for like four fifteen, and like right when we went in, got the ticket and transportation, you know, because we had to rent the car and everything. We we uh we we got our annual passes processed, took the ferry boat over, and by the time we walked in the park, it's like oh, it's about time to go over to that ride. It couldn't have gone better. Did you ride that, Josh? Uh, no, we did not ride it actually. Um, that's another thing because uh, when we went, the Lightning Lane was over an hour wait, um, and that line just had a, you know, sorry that ride up for two hours. Really yeah, it, yeah, it was insane. Um, I I've watched the videos on Peter Pan. Uh, we didn't, um, you know, unfortunately didn't get the experience. It's maybe we'll make another trip uh, soon. Did you? Um, yeah. For me, have you ever been to Universal to ride ET? I have not been to Universal. Uh, we, That's also three of us got to go on a bros trip. <laughs> Actually, no, Josh, you and I will go on a bros trip. Uh, we'll go on a road trip okay. because when we had Arthur Levine on the show, he and Don basically are planning a road trip without me. So you and I will go on a trip to Universal <laughs> without Don this time. But okay. Arthur and I already went. No, just <laughs> That's where you were. Uh, no, but Peter Pan, the, I, I'll give everybody a tip on that. When, you know, say the park opens at eight in the morning, head to it right away. That's the okay. best time. Uh, to ride it you know the line might be five maybe ten minutes at that point in time but you get into 30 45 minutes after the park opening and it's already up to like 45 minutes to an hour and then you get there in the peak part of the day you know it can be up to two hours you know at least it's always 90 minutes but it can be two yeah. hours so ride peter pan first you know if you get there right at park opening just head right to it you know everybody else is trying to check out or looking at you know the app and mm -hmm. you know those kind of things trying to figure out what to do just head straight to it you know, check the box, you know, you've ridden it, go across the street, ride Small World, and then just go down the street and ride Honda Mansion. You can get those three in within the first, you know, half hour, 40 minutes of your day if you start those, you know, with those three attractions. Right, right. And that brings me into the segue I wanted to make, because uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to discuss, particularly with Josh on the show. But um, you can start booking Lightning Lane if you go that route at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, so obviously, I did it later in the day and it happened to work out. But if you get up at seven, which you kind of have to book that one for your first one, if anything, you can get out of the way and you'll be fine. Now, with that being said, um, I, I remember a couple of days before I left, I was texting you, Josh, and I was asking about Lightning Lane and you were like, I'm going to have to call you because it is a little bit complicated <laughs> to explain. So I remember I, is, yeah. I was walking my dog and you explained all of Lightning Lane to me. So tell me this. You, you never really expressed to me. 
did did you like Lightning Lane? Uh, okay, so for those of you who don't know, I'm going to give you the short of it. Lightning Lane is a ride reservation system. You book a ride, let's say right now, as the time of this recording, it's 7.30. I book a ride for 8 o'clock. I can't book anything else until I scan into that ride or the window expires. Once I scan in, I can book the next one and it'll give me a time. But the problem that, for example, Josh was running into was if it's 10 in the morning, and then Peter Pan's next available time is five. If you book that, you can't book anything else in between. So it's a blessing and a curse. But t tell me overall how you felt about your experience with Lightning Lane. So overall, um, we decided to get Lightning Lane um, for a few reasons. Uh, we ran into issues at Hollywood Studios where we wanted to ride things that lines were just really long. Um, so we're like, okay, Magic Kingdom, you know, that's our last day. Like we want to ride as much as we can. And, um, I don't really, I don't really want to compare it to like a fast lane out of Cedar Fair Park, but like it's cheaper to me. You're getting your money's worth because the only ride we paid for was um, Big Thunder. So, sorry, for uh, it was Seven Doors Mine Train, um, and that was only eleven dollars a person. So on top of it, for three of us, it was seventy five plus $11 a person. And then everything else, um, like you said, as soon as we scan our magic band or your phone or Apple watch, whatever, um, at the ride, you can book a next one. And that's what we did when we got in line. Um, I looked at the next one. Oh, Hey, this one's right across the midway. We can hop on that one. And then just kind of throughout our day, we wrote everything that we wanted and could within, you know, allowing time to eat and, um, take breaks from here and there. Yeah. Um, but I, as, sorry, go no, ahead. no, no, go ahead. Finish your thought. I was going to say, like, as a whole, I actually liked it. I believe we, you do three or four experiences at a time. Um, we had no issues with it. Um, everything was on the app. The wait times were accurate. The um, cast members were super helpful because um, I, I never used it before prior uh, to this. Uh, we had no issues. Walk up, scan your magic band, the light turned green, you get on, find your next attraction you want to do, and you move on with your day. Um, I, I think it is worth your money if you've never been or if you go on a crowded day. Exactly. Don, have you used it? I have not used that. My daughter just came back from there and she did. And, you know, she felt it was worth their, you know, their time worth the money that they, they put into it. And it allowed them to get on some, you know, rides that maybe they would not have been able to. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And so spoiler alert, next week's episode, which will be Disney's Hollywood Studios, ran into your daughter. Actually, we rode a ride together. The four of us did. And she made an interesting recommendation since she's the expert. And we're going to discuss that uh, involving Fantasmic. But uh, I don't want to go too far ahead. So you mentioned you can scan your Magic Band or your Apple Watch. So let me ask you this. Do you have a Magic Band Plus? Do, do either of you have one? I do. Okay. Yes. Not the Magic Band Plus. Okay. No. Josh, would you recommend a Magic Band Plus? Um... I like the idea that you can recharge it. Um, we charged ours like one time for all three parks. Um, I, I, I think we did recharge it for magic just in case, but we had no issues. Um, it, it is cool how, you know, when you're on a ride, it just automatically picks up your photo or um, when there's a show going on, it lights up. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, I would definitely recommend it. So, so to clarify, you mentioned like it'll pick up your, your photo. I think a normal Magic Band will do that as well. Um, it does, yeah. But with uh, with with the Magic Band Plus, I believe you actually have to have Bluetooth enabled. Uh, so that actually is an extra step. Now, so people are always asking, what's the difference between a Magic Band and Magic Band Plus? You guys know what a Magic Band is. It's your ticket. It's your. It, it's everything. It's tied to hotel. Everything. It's tied to your My Disney Experience. They call it the MDX which is both the app and your account and so on. But this is unique. Um, and the one thing that we didn't know about at first, and we didn't find out till later, and this is the funnest thing ever, is every once in a while, your your magic band just starts vibrating. And you're like, what are you trying to tell me, Lord? But as it turns out, <laughs> they've got golden statues all around the properties. And when you get in proximity of one, it, it taps you. It tells you, like, hey, there's something close. And if you go up to the statue and you wave to it with the hand that uses the magic band it'll actually start playing music or do something cool. Um, so what, so, uh, Aaron, my girlfriend, her magic band died on the first day when we were at magic kingdom. We thought something was wrong cause she had charged it up in the morning. As it turns out, when we were waiting for ever after she was in proximity of one of those things and it just kept on buzzing her like every minute oh, or so. No. So that drained the battery down, but, um, you're right. They do light up with the music and stuff. Um, with Fantasmic, I thought it was really cool. 
by the way, if you can't see, I've got a phantasmic uh, magic band, but um, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so it so it changed color with the kind of like the design language of the lighting. So if it was purple and green lighting, fireworks. Be, well, yeah, yeah. And um, so but one thing it did was it vibrates with the water, and I thought it was off because it was vibrating like a second after the water shot off but it was vibrating perfectly in sync with when the water lands and it makes that kind of water crashing noise. So that was really cool. And then the other thing it did was uh, during the song, let it go in the frozen attraction for also ever after, by the way, it started, it, it started vibrating to the beat of let it go and would turn that like blue color. It would alternate the blue colors to the beat of the music while on the ride. So that was so freaking cool. Um, so really, really good experience with that. Um, so with that being said, let's let's talk about the app. So Disney's app is both the best and the worst app in the industry. Uh, it's the best because it does everything, it, it, everything, everything. It does everything. Um, downsides are that it is very bloated. It's hard to find stuff. Um, and the navigation is really, really rough. So when you navigate somewhere with walking directions, it shows you the way to go but it won't let you zoom out. So it's not like you can be like, oh, it's over by this ride or anything like that. It's literally, you, you start walking and then it only updates about every 30 seconds. So the vast majority of the time, if you don't know exactly what you're looking at on it, you'll start walking, thinking you go in the right direction and then it'll start pointing you the other direction. So it's really bad. I actually, um, when we were in Animal Kingdom, we were trying to get, uh, get somewhere. I think she wanted Dole Whip or something. So we had to go to the back of the park and I... I think I dropped an expletive when we walked like, you know, a quarter mile the wrong direction. And fortunately there was a, like a pass holder there or something. He like looked at it and said, no, no, this is what you want to do. And gave me very simple instructions. But, but Josh, what was your experience with the app? Did you like it? Um, Kind of going back to, you said it's like the best thing and the worst thing. Um, I, I actually did like the app. Um, I had no issues with it. Um, the one time I did use the walking directions, we were at um, Disney Springs and we were trying to find a restaurant and it kept putting me across the little pond or lake they have there Yeah. Uh, versus where I actually was. And um, But yeah, the app, um, you know, that's what you use for Lightning Lane to block all your stuff. That's what you use to do... Um, the uh to order your food um your it it's your everything um we actually stayed at the campground this time and you can use your uh app to actually you hit unlock door if you're at a resort and you can hold it up to the thing and it lets you the the gate opened up to let you back in the campground i thought that was pretty cool um but yeah uh my overall experience um the only thing i had wrong with it was like um, if you are trying to book something and your phone gets real hot, then the app will just freeze. And then it's like, Hey, I'm trying to refresh it. Then you refresh it. Then the time's moved up mm -hmm. like another hour. It's like, goodness. I had it, um, um respring. I load up genie plus and the app would shut down and then start over from the beginning. Don, what was your experience like with the app? I, I really like their app. I mean, it's got everything that you need and more. So I really like it that way. Um, as the years have gone, you know, by, they've added more and more things so to make it a little bit more complicated. I think I'm in it a lot. So, you know, I get familiar with how it works, but if it's one of your first times going to Disney or trying to figure it all out, you know, it can be a nightmare for you. So uh, my advice would be if you're planning a trip and maybe it's five or six months from now, you know, just go on the app move around, find where things are and get familiar with it before you go. Don't wait until you go to open it up for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Now, one thing that I did notice is uh, it's, you know, I was there for four days using the app intently because I'm the tech guy of my relationship. Uh, so I booked all the genie plus and did, I, I've got the um, memory maker on my account. Uh, the memory maker, by the way, for uh, I, I know that the, I bought an AP, so I was able to buy it for the whole year for $99, but uh, Josh, I think you can tell them the horror story of why you want to buy the memory maker before you go and not after. Wait, talk about a little bit yes. about that. So we didn't buy the memory maker until our second day, I believe, um, because we had all of our 
we did um, Epcot on Sunday, um, Hollywood on Monday, skipped a day, then did Magic on Wednesday. So we had all of our photos on the app, but you can't see it because it says Disney Photo Pass, I believe, across it and has the watermark and whatnot. So I just broke down and it was $200 and it's only good for um it actually expires august 15th so uh, what's that about uh, almost a month i think it's like three weeks um and kind of like going back to the app when i was trying to save the photos and videos you have to do one at a time it's not like a select all then download all it's one at a time and then you try to touch it and then like the bottom part is like still white or black if you're trying to like watch a video and you you turn the screen to watch a video if it does like a certain like ride and puts like characters in the background you can't turn it sideways or at least online you can't um but o- overall i did like how um the people where you can uh get your photos they all wear the same color across all the park properties yes. and you just walk up they take your photos you hold your magic band up to the back of their phone and it's on there within like i don't know a couple minutes if not you know quicker than that yeah yeah to clarify josh actually uh you made up a break a good point so if you get a photo session done even on a ride that's automatically loaded it's pretty instant it's usually Usually immediately when you take the picture, they, they, you bump uglies with the photo person. They all wear yellow, by the way. So now anytime I see anybody yellow, yellow in public. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, mine, mine, mine were green. Uh, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe they were green. I, I'm, I might be. Th- now are the two of you, are you guys, uh, happy with the quality of the photo? Cause I know some places you go and you know, they have the different photos and things on ride stuff. You know, it's a little bit grainy sometimes at some places. Some of them are pretty, you know, crystal clear sharp. So are you guys happy with the quality? Perfect quality. Every shot. Uh, yeah, there's only one photo that we had a problem with, but that's because the guy's hand was in the way. But uh, <laughs> other than that, the quality was fine. Um, there was one that was really cool. It was um, right, I believe you're walking out of Epcot, right in front of Spaceship Earth. Um, they have one way off in the distance that takes your photo. And then when you look at it on the app, it zooms in. And it's like that that camera was like football fields away and like it's the quality was like amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll put these up, but, you know, you got the good quality there. That's just an example. But the ride photos are good, but not great because it's a technological limitation. Um, mm-hmm. They'll have fun with it and stuff. I, I, I linked with uh, with your daughter, Don, so she could get the photo. She didn't have mm-hmm. the photo pass, so I got her on my account so it, they, so I could just download them and send them to her and they they did a lot more than the, than us like her like walking down the midway holding characters with Woody from Toy Story stuff like that oh yeah I'm telling you if those. you if, especially if you got kids if this is your first visit if this is like your honeymoon buy the damn photo pass it, it's such a good deal <laughs> it's such a good deal and and it's it's very easy to use uh now with the app there are two things that you do primarily well including the navigation there's three but after the first time using that you'll never use it again but um there's the photos which are buried a little bit and then there's the um the genie plus which is kind of hard to find so the, you're supposed to plan out your day before you do the genie plus thing uh and then you go on this thing called the tip board and that's where it recommends the stuff to you i think it's an inefficient process i would just rather have a list of all the rides and i can scroll through and be like okay i'll ride the magic teacups next um but yeah well it used to be like that where you could just go through and check off the rides you wanted to do so um, they kind of went away from what you're saying there, Ryan. Right. Uh, so you still do. Uh, you have your, it's called my board and you go through and you, you check off the ones you want to do and then it recommends them to you. But also, you know, when you start doing this stuff of like, it's four o'clock because you, with the genie plus stuff, once you do something, you can't do it again using genie plus. So you go through and you ride everything by four o'clock and you're kind of like, well, what, what's some stuff that I wasn't planning on riding? That's a little harder to find when it wasn't on your list. So I wish it would just be everything. You know, uh, I see what they're trying to do, but it, it doesn't work as as well. But um, yeah, that's that's a little harder to to operate. But um, Josh, you know, when I asked you to be on the podcast, I, I asked you what your favorite park was at Disney just to pick which week you'd be on. And you said Magic Kingdom. So tell me why Magic Kingdom. Um. Magic Kingdom, uh, when I, we first visited back in uh, June of 21, um, kind of reminds me, you know, I, I can try to tie Kings Island and everything, but 
you you walk under the train station and you can't see the park as soon as you walk underneath there and then you like walk around um and you see uh cinderella's castle that is cinderella's castle right yeah you cinderella yes yeah um Cinderella, yeah, sorry, I, I get them all confused. <laughs> um, Cinderella's Castle at the very end, and then just seeing everyone, all the shops on Main Street USA, and just just the feeling you get. Um, it's like, okay, this is going to be pretty cool. And then, like, my first experience walking down Main Street when I took a ride, and I walked into Tomorrowland, um, it's, like, futuristic, but, yet yeah, retro at the same time, because it's, I'm like, that's true, like, I, I like Carousel of Progress. That, that's such a cool ride. Like, we did that to cool down. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. but that's kind of like the, you know, going through the, the decades and technology and what it was and what it's supposed to be. And, um, I, I just find, um, magic to be something for the whole family. Um, you have your thrill rise and you have like, it's a small world, your more calm rise. And then you have, Oh, what's this? Um, you know, like over in Tomorrowland or just wherever, um, I, I had a good time. It was, uh, you know, we did the train. That was my first time riding the train because when we went in 21, it, the train was closed. They were, um, I believe, for Tron because they had to redo some of the track or something like that. Um, but magic overall, I just get that that homey feeling, you know, just like uh, it's just magical. It's something that you can only experience at Disney. I completely agree. Um, so, Josh, uh, just, you know, when we're talking about the different aspects, you know, you can't deny that obviously food is a big attraction at Walt Disney World. What's your favorite dining location at Magic Kingdom? Um, I actually like Cosmic Rays. Um, not not only because it's like ginormous and it, it's nice and cool, um, but it, I like that retro futuristic ish feel. And like, I, I enjoyed the food there. Um, the food was good. And then just like, kind of seeing like some of the, like the old style like the way the restaurants laid out and like um i know i forget um i watched some old videos like we walked on the air and they had the stage there there used to be a band there i believe um i forget the name of it um but uh just seeing that stuff and th- th- that's one of my favorite restaurants there and then we uh we did eat at casey's corner for the first time very cool that's pretty good yeah, I like Casey's Corner. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Nice, quick service. What about you, Ryan? What's your favorite? So we actually did not eat at Magic Kingdom. Um, we were so excited. We were only there for six hours, remember? Uh, we ate a Mickey pretzel head, Mickey Mickey okay. head pretzel, which was fantastic. By the way, very dense. Um Lots more pretzel to that than your average pretzel uh, because there's a lot of details to Mickey's head. That was really good, and it came with the cheese sauce. Um, but uh, the last time I ate at Magic Kingdom, I remember being very fond of uh, uh, the Beauty and the Beast one, uh, Be Our Guest. But that's guess, changed yeah. entirely um, because I got like a $15 ham and cheese sandwich last time. Now they're selling $70 filet mignon, so I don't know what to think. What's yours, Don? I like Cosmic Rays, you know, because I love the Mickey Cheeseburger, but I really like uh, Pinocchio's Village House, which is, you know, in that area by uh, Filler Magic, right in that range right there. Um, the meatball sandwich there. I, I really love that. Look forward to it every visit. I like to get a seat. There's the windows. You can look down and see Small World. Uh, so that's going to be my favorite location is going to be uh, Pinocchio's Village House. Yeah, when I saw that in the park, I thought of you because you recommended it to me. But we were so excited, we didn't want to stop. the. I mean, the other days, it was kind of like, you know, we could pace ourselves because we had all day. And it wasn't our first day at Disney. But with this one, it was like, go, go, go. And then I think we got like Burger King at the end of the night. It was a good Burger King, though. I recommend it's on Sand Lake Drive. You know, you guys know near the Epic McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. So, um. Josh, what's your favorite Magic Kingdom's inspired character? Like, as in one that's just that Magic Kingdom. It's just Magic Kingdom. I'm I'm gonna have to, you know, say the the original Mickey, uh, Mickey Mouse. Um, when I was little, I always carried a Mickey Mouse around with me, no matter where I went. And actually, I found him a few months ago down my parents' basement. <laughs> um, and um, just you know 
kind of reliving that through my son's eyes. Like, we got his photo with Mickey, and he, he just lit up. Um, it was over in, where is that? I believe it was Epcot, where you could go up, and Mickey's just kind of in there. Um, I forget the name of it. Um, but we walked in, and there was, like, three people in front of us, and Owen got to meet Mickey, and just seeing him walk up and give him a big hug, smile, and he was wearing his Mickey Mouse hat. You know, it's like, that was me when I was little, but I never went to Disney World when I was little. Um, and, you know, that, I think Mickey Mouse. He's a true American hero. Yeah, what about you, Don? <laughs> Donald Duck. Um, Donald I've Duck. always been a, a fan of Donald Duck, you know, going back to, to watching the Disney cartoons when I was a kid. Um, I, I, I He's colorful, you know, with, with the blue and the, the, you know, the gold. Um, you know, costume. Uh, so yeah, Donald Duck. What about you, Ryan? I mean, I, I like Donald Duck too in the regard that he can't open his mouth without there being an internet rumor that he said the F word because he just speaks in <laughs> gibberish and stuff. Um, I will tell you, uh, I, I like Pluto. He's a lot of fun. Goofy's obnoxious. He They just need to kill him. But uh, Love Goofy. Come on, Ryan. No, Goofy's a dumb dog. Goofy, Goofy like talks and stuff. He's out of line. He doesn't realize he's an animal. I hate that. Now, Mickey Mouse is a leader. I do like that. So I, I would go with Mickey Mouse. If I had to hang out with one, it would be Mickey. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I mean, I really liked Chippendale when I was little. I didn't see them at Magic Kingdom. I know they're there, but I didn't see them at Magic Kingdom. But that's crazy. Um, so, uh, you know, when we talk about these things about uh, the individual rides, uh, Don, if you could go to Magic Kingdom for one hour and ride something, what would it be? Well, you know, as I mentioned before, Haunted Mansion is going to be the ride. But if it's not going to be Haunted Mansion, if I had to pick something else, I'm going to go Big Thunder Mountain. I, I did ride that. Good choice. What about you, Josh? It's kind of tough because I've only been twice. <laughs> and I haven't rode, and I, I haven't rode everything yet. Um I would say people mover. Really? Some people mover? Chill. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those rides you just get on and just relax and try to enjoy yourself. Yeah, so a cool story about the people mover. The first time I rode that in 2008, you know, it goes through Space Mountain. Um, Space mm -hmm. Mountain was under rehab. They were replacing huge sloughs of track, and you would ride it through there, and they had all the lights on. They're, like, welding in there while you're riding through. No, so wow. they didn't close the people mover. Oh, man. Um about you, Ryan? Haunted Mansion. I'm particularly fond of Haunted Mansion. Like, uh, Magic Kingdom... I, I'm going to ask this question right after this, but Magic Kingdom is probably my least favorite of the Disney parks, uh, simply because there isn't a lot for me. Uh, a, a lot of it is nostalgic. A lot of it is kitty stuff. Uh, there's definitely things to do. But as far as um, thrill stuff or, like, effects that just blow your mind and stuff it has the least uh it definitely follows a different niche um so but the one ride that's kind of like we got to make it over to magic kingdom is always going to be haunted mansion so with that being said josh i already asked you you said magic kingdom's your favorite park of, of the disney parks correct why don't you rank them so magic kingdom's one and then what about the other three I would say Magic, Hollywood, Epcot, Animal. Okay. What about you, Don? I'm going to go in that same exact order with uh, you know, Magic Kingdom. <laughs> then it's going to be Hollywood Studios, and it's going to be Epcot, and then Animal Kingdom. See, I'm probably... I'm Hollywood Studios, then Epcot, Animal, and then Magic Kingdom. Um we're going to talk a lot about this in a couple in a couple weeks when we talk about Epcot. But the thing that I just makes me freaking giddy about Epcot is, first of all, the whole front of the park is them predicting what 1998 is going to look like in in 1982. <laughs> uh, and secondly, the it's so freaking random. You ride, uh, for example, we rode the um, the Nemo ride, and then we went upstairs to that weird like sea sea turtle thing which was awesome and i don't want to spoil it because we'll talk about that later but the exit of that you had to like walk through the exit of the of this of the uh finding nemo ride and then the other half of it like where soren is is like a 1980s shopping mall it's just so freaking weird it's so weird i love it but um yeah hollywood studios my favorite ride on earth is still tower of terror spoiler alert love it um it's got really the best rides 
Epcot is uh, just very interesting, and I love World Showcase, and I love that lagoon, and I love Spaceship Earth. Uh, Animal Kingdom is the best looking of all the parks with all the foliage and, you know, it's got the most shade because the tree canopy grows over. Uh, and then Magic Magic Kingdom is uh, is definitely more family friendly and stuff. And it has like the magical element to it. But for personal appeal, that's that's pretty much yeah. it. For, for me, it's all about, you know, it's the most magical. Uh, it's the most memorable. So that's why I have it as number one. Yeah. And honestly, it's. um. I can see that. It's, I just don't feel that way. I feel like I go there and there isn't a lot to do for me, you know, um, but not to say it's bad. I mean, it's excellent, but we're talking about different variations of excellent here. But um, so, Josh, thanks for thanks for having this discussion with us. Uh, so you run FYE Coasters. Tell us about that. I do. Um those of you who don't know me, my name is Josh. I run a channel called FYE Coasters. Um, a little backstory on that. Um, I used to work at Kings Island back in 2012 and 2013. Um, I worked on back for two years, best two summers of my life, but I then had a child, so I had to leave and find, a, at the time, a better paying job. So I had all these photos of just, you know, on like if I got off early or I went there on an off day, um, just of the park. And then I started posting it on Facebook, and my personal Facebook it wasn't really going nowhere. So I'm like, hmm, I'm going to like create something. Like I didn't know what to name it at the time. And I just started posting pictures videos whatever on there and it blew up i'm like hmm people like like this stuff so um a couple of years go by um 20 i believe it was i want to say 2017 or 2018 was my first visit outside of king's island cedar point to dollywood so then i'm like okay um you know so i started you know posting pictures that people like it so now you know um me and um i have a team uh matt adam um jennifer and um i don't know if you guys have met kent but kent will help out and we all um try to post updates and whatnot we have all social medias facebook twitter instagram youtube we even have snapchat we're not on it a lot uh tiktok um threads and we have our own website um it's fyecoasters.net um and yeah we just have a good time uh we try to be ourselves we try to stand out be different we try to reply to everybody's comment that's kind of what makes us different i believe um but we are now over sixteen thousand people on facebook facebook is our biggest platform um then instagram then youtube um but yeah, I, I enjoy it because I'm only 20, 25 minutes from the park. We, me and my family, we'll go up there, eat dinner. Like yesterday was my daughter's birthday. We went up there and ate lunch. You know, if I see a couple things that stand out, I'll post them on the page really quick. And people like to interaction and not everybody understands that. That's how you, you know, engage with your um, followers or um, your, your audience and, People, you know, will message us and say, hey, thank you. Or they'll, they'll ask us so many times a week, hey, what's your favorite place to eat at Kings Island? Or what's the best way to plan your day out at Cedar Point or wherever? And we try to branch out as much as we can and really try to help people understand what it's like to actually be honest and spend, you know, a day at a theme park and understand what's going on. And I just enjoy it and have fun doing it. Yeah. Well, you do a great job with your channels. Yeah, and well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and the, I think that the main thing that um, that kind of struck me about you because I actually I didn't meet you through Kings. I, I knew who Fye Coasters was, but uh, I met you through another friend playing Nintendo Switch. Believe it or not, but yeah, uh, one yeah. thing that struck me about you is you know there there's always taking sides. There's always drama in in any in any group. You you really just have no interest in that. You just, you just want to ride the coasters nope. and have a good time and make friends. So I think that's really cool. But so well, uh, fyecoasters.net, search for FYE Coasters through all your favorite social media apps. You'll find them. They have fantastic content. So thank you so much for being on. But do you want to stick around? Because we've got another segment coming up. Sure. If you guys will have me. That was very yeah. rhetorical. And I almost thought you were going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not want to continue being on the show. No. Okay. I have nothing else. To awesome. Do. Well, uh, so fyecoasters.net. Anyway, so this is a time for a segment we like to call the pick six. 
Don, take it away. I'll get it started. Number one on the pick six, Houston, Texas. Could be the home to a new theme park called Texas Land. Uh, fundraising efforts are underway to raise money for the project, and I'd imagine it's going to be in the high, high, high millions uh, for that, uh, which could open by 2026 and feature a space-themed attraction and interactive experiences. I know, Ryan, we've talked you know on and off uh, since we started uh, this podcast about a year ago. Um, about Houston potentially, you know, getting a park, but it looks like uh, things are in motion. Uh, what are your thoughts? Mm. Would you say again another park that's probably never going to happen? <laughs> you know, well, I mean, I mean, yeah. It, like I said, it, it, the cost to do something like that, I mean, it's exorbitant now to to, to build a, a theme park. But if there's, any, you know, we've talked about different places that need one, and Houston and Nashville were the two that uh, you know we had mentioned as as places that. Um, you know, probably need one or could, you know, could support one. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, 2026, you know, we're two and a half years away from that. It uh, doesn't give you a lot of time to start building. Even, so okay. They get Even moving. if they broke ground today, they wouldn't be done in 2026 if it's any measurable park. <laughs> they also, we didn't put this in the pick six, but they also announced a park for like Northwest Oklahoma, but there's no mention of the funding. So it, it, unless they mention the funding, then don't get excited about it. Because it's going to no, cost. We'll call it a real long shot. We'll yeah, call we'll call it. it a, let's let's call it a pipe dream. Don't call it a comeback, though. But uh, all right, what's next? Yeah, let's go to the next one. Okay, so uh, the Staten Island Zoo in New York City has secured a major city in- investment to transform its Clove Road entrance with new fencing, kiosks, paths, exhibits to enter. Uh, to exi- exhibits to better welcome guests. Sorry, I can't read today. The project is now projected to cost sixteen or fifteen point six million, and will work with uh, the work will expect to begin in early twenty twenty five. So you know we talk we don't talk about zoos a lot on here, um, but major attractions very similar to theme parks. Josh, are you a zoo guy? I am one of those. I have been to the Cincinnati Zoo. Um, It's one of those like once every two to three, maybe even four years, like we go. Um, Just to be honest, it's more the price of the zoo um, and for what you get in return um, versus like an amusement park or theme park, which I know the zoo does have uh, like a pass, family pass or whatever, but for your money's worth to keep going back. Hey, I went to the zoo four times this week, (laughs) you know. Yeah, I, I've definitely, uh, I've seen that before. Don, what are your thoughts? You know, I enjoy zoos. Um, this one here, I mean, that's been around since the 1930s, so it's good to see uh, some money being put into it. It's uh iconic attraction, you know, in uh, Staten Island. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pleased to see that, uh, you know, they're looking to keep it around for the long, long run. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Don, why don't you take the next one? The next one, Universal Orlando Resort. They'll unveil an all-new land theme to DreamWorks animation next year. This area will replace the former Woody Woodpecker Kid Zone and is set to feature interactive play spaces, entertainment, and attractions based around franchises like Shrek, Kung Fu Panda, Trolls, and more. The land is noted as part of a collection of new entertainment experiences debuting at Universal Orlando Resort coming in 2024. Pretty excited about this. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, again, uh, kind of get out and branch and see new parks. Um, you know, having a family that would definitely be something that we'd be want to check out. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely cool. It's uh, they announced that they were closing Woody Woodpecker, um, and they took about six months to announce what was happening. So it's cool to have this information now. But the cool thing about Universal is, uh, you know, somebody in the comments is going to hold Epic Universe over my head. That's a pandemic delay. But they they move, they open stuff so quickly. Look at Volcano Bay. It was like a year and a half and they got that open. So I think that's really cool. All right. Um, next one. So is this number three? I've lost track already. <laughs> yeah, this will be the uh, yeah yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with this. We we kind of went out of order, but uh, so the this Dis- is number four actually. Okay, the number four. Let's do number four. The Disney 100 celebration of Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando will begin September 23rd. The celebration, which runs through December 31st, will feature several activities at Disney's Epcot, featuring a meet and greet with Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, new light show. Platinum sculpture of Mickey and mural in the park's World Celebration neighborhood. Um, 
So I this is separate from what they're currently doing for the 100th anniversary. Yep. 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 Separate on that. And, uh, you know, Ryan, you know, Josh, you know, we, we all know that they do their celebrations. Well, yes, they do. Yeah. I mean, and the cool part is, is, uh, meeting Mickey is a special occasion because he's got his own theater and stuff and in the parks and, you know, you can, you can't just find him anywhere walking around. It's, it's special. So the fact that they're having Mickey and Minnie in Epcot is rather uncommon. So did you get to meet Mickey, Josh, or did your kids at least? I did. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. We went over in Epcot. Um, I forget where it was like over by uh, the figment ride, I believe it's where the, um, the fountains dance, like the dancing water. Yeah. You like walk up there. Yeah. Like the upside down waterfall. Um, and there's a room to the left and you walk in there and it's just Mickey. It's like old school Mickey and it smells like it smells old in there because you know, it's whatever, but uh, that's where he got his photo with Mickey. And, um, yeah, it was cool seeing them because like you said, every other park, good luck trying to find him unless he's in a parade or up on stage. Right. Yeah. I, I did meet him at Hollywood studios. Uh, I'm going to save that story for, for later because that's quite interesting but uh don <laughs> you, you said mickey's your favorite character i mean do you like to take pictures with him when you when you go down there oh yeah yeah absolutely I'm, I'm big on getting pictures with the characters when i go to the disney parks perfect awesome what's next the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim. We got a Disney theme here going here because Josh is on the show. But mm-hmm. um, the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California, they announced that the uh, San Fran Socio Square will open at Disney's California Adventure in on August 31st. Uh, this new area, it's inspired by the film Big Hero 6. It was first announced on the um, Expo or the D23 Expo. Uh, Ryan, you and I have touched on this a little bit. Um, it was first announced then and it's uh, it's going to be great for the Disney fans. Uh, in this area, park guests will have the opportunity to meet Baymax, the inflatable uh, health robot, and enjoy new food. And again, we talk about Disney parks, the different experiences. One of the things they do very well, too, is the food. So I'm looking forward to it. What about you guys? Um, you lost you lost me at inflatable health robot, but other than that, it sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I can say it now, by the way. So I was wor- San Francisco. Remember, I, I've always struggled. Tokyo, yes. San Francisco. Okay, cool. Josh, what are your thoughts? Um, it sounds like another fun thing to add to the, the Disney, you know, universe, per se. Um, I actually, within the next, I'm going to say five years, we're going to try to make it out to California to check out um, Disneyland you know out there and well they have the offer um i heard it's no disney world but you know i still want to see it for myself people are it's a huge controversy as to which one's better you know they're loyalists to each one i like i like uh the one in orlando and it might have a lot to do with that being the first one that i went to and that feels like home so maybe that's why i picked that one but uh disneyland i mean it is uh, a special opportunity if you get a chance to go out there awesome all right last one number six uh, Universal Orlando is once again celebrating its annual pass holders with over a month of exclusive experiences and discounts. Passholder Appreciation Days kick off on August 15th and run through September 30th. An after-hours passholder night uh, takes place August 26th. More details will be available soon for both Appreciation Days, but previous years included giveaways, exclusive and priority Entrances to the parks, limited time dining options, exclusive merchandise, and discounted resort rates. I remember talking about this, Don, right at the beginning when we started the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. We talked we about did. how they had uh, food items that were exclusively for pass holders. And we both agreed that's kind of an interesting idea. So, Josh, what's your take on it? So, to fill you in, um, as part of uh, pass holder appreciation month or weeks or whatever, they, they had food items. You, could, you had to show your annual pass in order to buy them. What are your thoughts on that? Um, thoughts on pass holder exclusive things? Well, food um, items particularly. I, I feel food items, okay. Um, to have certain things for, uh, pass holders for food, um, uh, I, I believe that's kind of like, uh, you know, like a thank you and, you know, particular, you know, thanks for being a pass holder, you know, here's special food that only you can have, then you can enjoy. So then that might intrigue the person that doesn't have pass, hey, I'm going to get a pass so I can have that. Um, I, I always feel when parks give back to their 
um, guests, you know, that says something. And, you know, again, I've never been to Universal. Um, maybe when I move down there someday. Mm. <laughs> can't ever, I, I can't ever leave King's Island behind there. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a good thing, I, I believe. Yeah, perfect. All right. Well, that was, uh, that was quite a bit of information, mainly based out of the South. This is a South-themed episode entirely. <laughs> well, that's where the news was this week. It sure Ryan. was. All the hot climates. Cool. All right. Well, Josh, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, again, fyecoasters.net, and then search for FYE Coasters, so FYE the letters, and then Space Coasters for social media. Um, yeah. follow us on your favorite podcast apps for the audio version. Search for us on YouTube by searching for the attractions group podcast, uh, and follow us on Twitter at attractions underscore GRP. So Don, any final words of wisdom? Josh, we enjoyed having you on the, the podcast and, uh, you know, really enjoy the content that you put out there on your own channels. And jo- well, thank you. I, I... no, no, go ahead, Josh. What are your final thoughts? I, I was going to say thank you guys for having me. Um, I've, I've watched, I haven't watched every episode, but I have, you know, try to fit you guys in weekly. Um, I enjoy the stuff you guys put out. Um, one of my favorite things is to pick six because you just pick six things in the industry and let us know about it and let you know your thoughts. Um, that's kind of like that um, out of the box, like kind of different thing. Um, and I enjoy that. Um, I, you know, I, I enjoy the updates you guys do. I try to share your stuff when I can, um, help get the word out there. And, um, I just, I enjoy what you guys, um, are doing and I'll make sure, uh, what's the tower topics, tower the, topics, the new podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll be sure to follow that and share it. And I appreciate you guys having me on. All right. Thank you so much, right. Josh. Well, thank you everybody. Remember, as Josh pointed out, uh, I almost forgot. So our new podcast, exclusively Kings Island in bite-sized episodes, uh, Tower Topics. So search for that on YouTube and your favorite podcast apps. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. And we'll see everybody next week when we talk about Disney's Hollywood Studios.